This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So Chris O'Brien is off at the International UFO Conference in Fountain Hills and has a bit of difficulty checking in. In fact, as we are talking right now, he's listening to a speech from a friend of the show, Erica Lukes. And I hope to get over there before the event ends. It's a crazy week for me. We have Gox Mackay joining us this week as our guest co-host. And our guest of the week is Robert Schroeder. And he's author of a book written several years ago, but it has some fascinating implications to it. It's about the frontiers of science. It's called Solving the UFO Enigma. How modern physics is revealing the technology of UFOs. Robert, welcome to the PowerCast. Um, thank you, Gene. Thank you for having me on your show. Now, before we start with the book and how you framed it, and there's a couple of really interesting things about it that I want to mention in a moment, but first, what got you interested in UFOs? Okay. Um, actually, older than you are, I think, uh, quite a bit. <laughs> uh, no, you're not. And, uh, oh, no? Oh, okay. But back in 1957, I was 11 years old, and I was uh, out in my front yard, and I was only 11. Oh, I lived in Teaneck, New Jersey, which is a couple miles west of New York City, of Manhattan. It was around 5 p.m. It was in November 1957. And like any kid, I'm kind of looking up at the sky. And I look up, and I see this incredible thing. A thing that, a gold-colored metallic thing about 5 p.m. So the sun was still up at uh, that time it was moving on its long axis toward new york city so we were west of new york so it was heading east toward manhattan and i'm looking at this and i and i had very good eyes i didn't start wearing glasses and, and only for reading when i got older but anyway i could clearly see that the this thing looked exactly like a metallic cigarette and it was exact shape of a cigarette, but it looked to be about 5,000 feet up there, right about where the aircraft would come in for to LaGuardia and stuff. And as I'm looking at it, all of a sudden I noticed another object behind it, maybe the, uh, the length of the object uh, behind it was a round object that was no wider than the narrow width of the cigarette-shaped object, and they were both gold-colored, metallic-looking. And I was stunned, and I ran inside the house to tell my brothers and sisters, and the, and a couple of them came out. I have five brothers and sisters. They saw it, too, and we couldn't figure out what it was. You know, sometimes I'd seen planes, if they were tilted slightly, you couldn't see the wings. The blue of the sky would kind of blot them out, but you could always see the tapered front and the tapered back of the aircraft. But in this case, it was blunt on the front and back of the cigarette-shaped thing. Anyway, many, many years later, 
I was reading a book on UFOs by Major Donald Kehoe, and he talked about these cigarette-shaped objects that appear to be motherships that had um, disc-shaped, the disc-shaped typical flying saucers stacked up on the inside. And then it suddenly dawned on me, that's what I saw. This was the mothership, and then behind it was this disc-shaped object, which, if you remember, I said, was no wider than the narrow width of the uh, cigarette-shaped object. So it could have easily been one of the ones that had been stacked up on the inside. And then I read other stories where they reported similar type things. Just parenthetically here, it's not that I saw a UFO when I was 11. It's that I read that book, Flying Saucers from Outer Space by Major Kehoe. Uh, yes, and that's what convinced me that what I saw was a UFO. At the time, I didn't know what it was. Um, but then later, when I got older... I realized I had seen a UFO, and I then found out even more convincing evidence that made me realize it had to have been a UFO. It turned out that in November of 1957, there was a gigantic wave of UFO sightings all across the United States. And and you guys, if you're familiar with UFO history, will know that... Um, uh, that's the case, you know, that there was a large number of UFO sightings. So that that totally convinced me that this was almost certainly a UFO, or two of them, actually. <laughs> okay, so I got you certainly the confirmation that what you saw was similar to what was reported in those books. So obviously something was going on. Is this your one and only sighting, or did you have any more? I did, and uh, uh, right around... I've had um, good UFO sightings, I believe, Gene, are extremely rare. um, But I've been lucky. I've had a couple. Um, I had another one around 1990-91 during the period when they were spotting a lot of UFOs in Belgium. And uh, and my wife and I... um, we're heading, we were going to pick up our daughter who was like six or seven years old at the time. And she was on a uh, play date. And so we were heading through a swampy area and I live in the suburbs west of Boston. And there's kind of a swampy area, not too far from the Sudbury River. And, and the swamp is on both sides of the road. And it was just getting dusk. And I can't remember the day, uh, the time of the year, except it probably was spring. And I looked over, and it was it was just starting to get dark. And I saw this incredibly brilliant uh, disc-shaped object um, uh, over the swamp, about 2,000 feet above it. And, um, and I said to my wife, she was driving, and I was in the passenger seat in the front. And I and I, I pointed at this object and I said, "Hey, Carol, look at that!" And uh, and almost as I said those words, and as I was pointing at it, the thing from two thousand feet just shot straight down to the level of the swamp. I mean, the speed was absolutely unbelievable. It just it was a streak, and my wife saw it too. She glanced and she said oh my god what is that and it just shot incredibly fast down and it had to have been easily 30 40 50 feet in diameter because we saw it behind the tree in the swamp and um and i could see it gently kind of rocking back and forth um uh, but the glow was starting to dim but i could easily see it and i knew the tree was i knew roughly the size of the tree so i knew this thing was pretty big and uh 
anyway, I tried to get my wife to stop, but she wouldn't because we were going to pick up our daughter. And uh, I was just hoping to take a better look at it. And uh, so we continued on our way. But uh, that was uh, another sighting that I had. And uh, and I did have uh, potentially one other sighting, not quite as good, um, but still quite spectacular. Uh, I was down the Cape, uh, Cape Cod, uh, which is for listeners who are not from the east coast it's like a arm of land that sticks out into the atlantic ocean from massachusetts and um and we were building a new summer house down there and i was down there with a friend of mine it was pitch black um and we had the call we didn't have any bathrooms in the house at that time so we were uh answering the call of nature in the woods behind the house and uh and all of us and I, I was done, and I was standing on kind of top of this hill, and uh, and all of a sudden I saw this object. Literally, I, I was stunned. It went perfectly horizontal. It was just a streak of light. It went at absolutely incredible speed, and it and it went over um, uh, a Buzzards Bay, uh, which is west of where we were heading toward the mainland, and. Uh, and it was just perfectly level, horizontal, and at just an incredible speed. And the most important thing, this was below the clouds, because I could see the bottom of the clouds lit up. The whole back of my house lit up, and this thing was perfectly horizontal. And I suspect it could have been a UFO, um, because it would be very unlikely that it was a meteor. Uh, a meteor doesn't usually, you know, you don't see a meteorite. We're talking to Robert Schroeder. His book is Solving the UFO Enigma, and our guest co-host Goggs Mackay has some questions to ask on the other side. With Gene and Goggs, you're in The Podcast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. If you go to store.theparacast.com, stop by and take a shopping tour. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. 
Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so, so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and Body Extract gets results. To order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Being self-reliant is about being prepared and to do what you need to have your own source of renewable energy. Portable Solar LLC offers the most powerful EMP-hardened solar system on the market that is transportable from place to place. And the best part, it's very affordable. Contact them at PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875. Soul Arc EMP-hardened solar generator, energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today or go to PortableSolarLLC.com to check out their patent-pending technology. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Sagox so Mackay is our guest co-host. Chris O'Brien is off at the International UFO Conference, where I hope to meet him in a couple of days. And there are lots of really excellent speakers this year. But by the time you hear this show, it's going to be the last day. Or the event may be over, so maybe it'll be next year. We'll see. Let me tell you, before we get back with Robert Schroeder, that we have a special feature of the PowerCast. It's called the PowerCast Plus. We offer the After the PowerCast podcast, which is exclusive to subscribers of Paracast Plus. We offer the commercial free version of this show and other benefits for a low fee weekly, monthly, annually, five years and lifetime. Hope that's not too complicated. We try to spell it out for you. You'll learn out more of this at plus.com 
theparacast.com. That's plus.theparacast.com. In our first segment, before we get to stuff like possible propulsion system of UFOs and the evidence that is so compelling to Robert, he was telling us about his sightings. And Gogs, you had a question. Yes, uh, Robert, are you familiar with uh, the work of Ray Stanford? Not too familiar. I know something about it, but uh, but not too much. <laughs> yeah, I, I've there, definitely heard of him. Yeah, I think he's one example of a, a researcher who's looking at uh, the propulsion issue, you know, from actual photos and ca- real cases and stuff. I was just yep. wondering yep. if you kind of. Are there any other researchers you're aware of that are seriously trying to work out how these things do the manoeuvres they are and they seem to defeat inertia and, you know, all these things? Tell me about how you started thinking about the science of UFO propulsion. Okay, definitely, Gogs. Um, What what happened is after I, you know, went to high school and college – and then started on my career. I was pretty busy for many, many years, but I never lost my interest in the UFO phenomenon. And I thought about it over the years, what could they be doing? And I looked at some of the work uh, being done by other physicists, whose names I've now forgotten, that uh, talked about how they might be using uh, wormholes and things like that. And I was so excited about that stuff that I got their books and I read them thoroughly. This is many, many years ago. And uh, But then l- later on, they began to have some doubts that it was possible. Uh, there's a guy in Mexico, a physicist by the name of Miguel Alcuberi. And you may have heard of the Alcuberi warp drive. And his idea was that um, uh, the UFOs were compressing space in front of the uh, not UFOs, but I don't think he necessarily believed in UFOs. But Miguel Alcuberi thought that it might be okay, it might be possible to travel to other stars using a spaceship that could warp the space in front of it and expand it behind it. And in effect, you'd be creating a wave in space-time itself that would allow you to actually go effectively faster than the speed of light, although you really wouldn't be going faster than the speed of light. But as far as an outside observer was concerned, it would appear to be the case. However, unfortunately, later, the physicist uh, Miguel Alcuberi came to the conclusion that it was not possible, uh, that the amount of energy was far greater than could be acquired. And there were certain there was certain technical problems with it. It just wouldn't work. Um, so th- I so I had looked at all these other ideas through the years, and uh, and I had gotten very excited about them. But it was um, it was not until maybe the beginning of the twenty first century that I uh, I don't know if I need should get into their technology now. But it w- but I'll just briefly explain when I started noticing other things. There were other physicists talking about um, new theories like M theory, string theory, um, that caught my attention, and um, and I I suppose we can talk about this a little bit later because I would like to present the evidence first uh, before we get into the technology, if that's okay. Sure, and remember also here we're reaching a very diverse audience in terms of how much they know about science. So we're giving them a bit of a science lecture here, 
and also trying to apply it to what we know about UFOs. You know, I want to talk more about how you frame the evidence before we get back to the possible propulsion systems. Okay? Okay. Let's do this. Because I know in looking at your book, you've got a section on the UFO evidence where you have five chapters. We go into cases. And thank heavens, you also focus on cases from the 80s through the 21st century. But one case that's not there, and we talked about it very briefly, and I want to bring this up right away and dismiss it real fast, and that is you do not have Roswell in there. May I reach out virtually through the screen and shake your hand? (laughs) Thank you, Gene and Goggs, because I hope I don't disappoint the audience, but I don't think there's anything to the Roswell case. I believe there was Project Mogul, Back in those, back in the day, and this is back in the fifties, and they were using these um, high altitude balloons with. Clarify, Roswell was in the late forties, but go ahead. Oh, late forties. You're right. Thank you, Gene, for that correction. And they were attempting to spy on the Soviet Union, <laughs> and 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 I think Roswell is nothing more than a, an accident where one of those balloons, um, you know maybe developed a puncture or something and and the payload came crashing down and uh and so i i my guess is it's that i know there's an awful lot of other stories surrounding roswell about alien bodies and stuff like that but um my point of view is is this that it would be extremely unlikely that a, a extraterrestrial civilization that has got the uh, advanced technology to get to planet Earth uh, would not have backup. So, in the case of an accident, they would quickly recover their crashed saucer and and the bodies. You know, and if you read the Roswell literature carefully, you'll never see any indication that other saucers came and tried to you know rescue um, their crashed saucer. It seems extremely unlikely that. The saucer that crashed didn't have others in the re- in the area that would try to, you know, come down and recover um, the crash site, and so that's an you know. But I'm afraid um, humans have good imaginations, and uh, and and then some people like to tell a good story, and and that's okay, you know. That's that's the way we are. We're humans, you know, and and. But then I think it sometimes gets a little bit out of hand, and then people start to kind of, um, you know, imagine things that really didn't happen. But so I really do hate to disappoint people in the audience, but I don't think there's anything to Roswell. Cover that in a bit more, but I think a lot of our listeners in the Powercast have long ago given up Roswell as providing compelling evidence, and certainly the appearance of Kevin Randall, author of Roswell in the 21st century, where a lot of that evidence is recanted, takes us in that direction. Robert Schroeder is here with more to come. With Gene and Goggs, you're in. The Roswell Free Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. You may own a knife, but if it's not an indie hammered knife, it's not a knife. From the forge to the grinder to the sheath, each indie hammered knife is handcrafted using God-given talent. The result is the sharpest edge a knife can have and a true work of art. See a variety of knives and the complete knife kit at ihknives.com. Indie hammered knives, custom knives made in America. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. All right, guys, we're ready for our Four Seasons sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her Four Seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-848-6333. That's 800-848-6333. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. 
reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So now we've spelled it out, folks. Maybe not quite Roswell Free, but it was worth the fact that Robert Schroeder, who's been around for a while and was alive when Roswell occurred in 1947, to be blunt about it, but very young, very, 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 very young, Two years dismisses old. it. Now, <laughs> understand that part of the argument over Mogul is the scheduling, where Kevin Randall will say, well, there wasn't one scheduled for that particular day, but I'll grant schedules can get screwed up and that things get screwed up. And when people are asked to remember what happened 30 years earlier, it gets messy. But isn't that true about any case when you're trying to look back and see what happened 30, 40, 50 years ago, unless there's original source material, it's hard to get a good picture of it. But you cover a wide range of UFO cases, Robert, and I want to just quickly go over what you think are some of your favorites You mentioned classic UFO cases. Now, we don't want to spend a whole show on this because we want to focus more on the science here. But can you give us a brief cross-section of classic cases and maybe some more recent cases that really you find compelling? Yes. Um, Leveland, Texas, 1957, at the same time that I had my sighting. uh, and I'm sure everybody or many people who follow the UFO uh, enigma are familiar with it. But they had, I think, six or seven vehicles that were stopped by UFOs at different locations uh, on a single evening um, near Leveland, Texas. And uh, each of the sightings was very similar, where an incredibly large, bright object probably two or three hundred feet in length um, came down on the road near the, near these vehicles and the vehicle's engines would stop. It was an actual physical effect. And, um, and then only when the object lifted up and went away, and this is one of the uh, strange things about UFO close encounters when uh, around vehicles, the engines would start spontaneously on their own. It was almost as if... Um, they were frozen in time, and then they just started right back up again. It's something that um, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, uh, the advisor to the U.S. Air Force for 20 years in Project Blue Book, uh, commented on as one of the most unusual characteristics of UFO uh, close encounters. And it intrigued him um, uh, uh, tremendously because he knew um, that when such a characteristics was repeated over and over again, it indicated that there was something to this UFO phenomenon. And uh, so that's one of the ones that I think is extremely important. 
And then some of the others, I'm just trying to think offhand, um, maybe some of the classic ones, the, the Washington, D.C. sightings, where the fighter pilots went up in one case, and he was surrounded by a whole bunch of these discs as he was flying along in his F-86 Sabre jet. Anybody who's old enough will remember those uh, fighter jets. And it terrified the pilot. Uh, that was another one. And these objects, not only did he see them visually, but they were picked up on radar. And the and the uh, uh, radars, uh, the radar uh, people, when they contacted the pilot, said, "Oh, by the way, these UFOs are surrounding your craft." And they could see it on the radar. And of course, he could see it visually. Uh, the pilot was so frightened by this encounter that he asked to uh, be allowed to go back to base, and they gave him permission. Um, so that's another one of the classic sightings. Gee, it's um, what other? How about Socorro? Socorro. Oh, thank you, Gogs. That's a great one. That's great. Lonnie Zamora, Officer Lonnie Zamora, police officer. That's one of the best, I think, in in of all the classic UFO cases, because it does indicate that we're probably dealing with humanoids that are quite similar to ourselves. In that case, a egg-shaped object uh, landed in in the desert uh, in uh, New Mexico. Yeah, yeah, and and. Uh, so Socorro, Socorro, New Mexico, and anyway, to make a long story short, uh, the uh, the Ilani Zamora, the officer, um, managed to see this thing land in a gully, and he thought it was an exploding uh, dynamite shack that was in that area. But when he got closer, he realized he, he then thought he could see this metallic object. And he thought it might be a car that had gotten into an accident there. Um, and so um, as he watched it, he, he realized there was a couple of um, what he considered to be small people or even children next standing next to this thing. And this is one of the most fascinating aspects of this case. He then uh, reported that one of the uh, humanoids turned and looked startled to see him and they both raced to the back of this thing he heard a huge bang like a door closing and then there was a terrible roar and he saw flames shooting out the bottom of this thing and the thing lifted up and finally became silent and tilted and then headed toward a, a mountain range about 20 miles away and he said it went lickety split it just you know went over there very fast but uh, I think one of the things that's extremely important about that sighting is that a lot of people think that um, these things are just using electromagnetic or some gravity fields or something like that. But everybody should notice one very important thing is that there was clearly an action-reaction engine, uh, which is only needed when you're when you have some kind of a mass and you need to move it. And so I don't think it, so. I do think that uh, act. You know, engines are needed on these things, some form of thrust. And uh, but I'll I'll tell you more about that later. Uh, but that's another one of the really big, important uh, UFO cases. One of the things that we've talked about here in the Powercast is there's a lot of emphasis on these classic cases. So we have, of course, Sicaro and Leveland and Washington D.C. and everything, but not so much on recent cases. So you do have a section five here in your book, more evidence from the 1980s into the 21st century. Looking yes. at cases like in the 21st century, what do you think are the most compelling cases? Maybe we'll spend a little time on that before we figure out 
what might make UFOs tick. Okay. I hope I got the date right. I think it was 2007, O'Hare International Airport in Chicago. And this is one that was investigated by Leslie Kane. Uh, she uh, used to be a Boston Globe reporter and very, very credible. She's been and, on the show, by the way, several times. She's a friend oh, of mine. Go ahead. Oh, that's great. I'm glad to hear she's been on the show. And uh, uh, But anyway, um, uh, Leslie... Um, uh, in her book, she wrote a book on UFOs, um, and um, and she described that case. And what was fascinating about that um, was that it was spotted by many ground personnel and a number of pilots. And uh, and uh, the other thing that I thought was quite interesting is when the object departed, it went through a cl- a couple of cloud layers. And this is this is quite incredible. Um, it uh, left a hole in the clouds and uh, and. Some physicists realized that in order for it to leave holes that uh, uh, stayed there for a while before they collapsed uh, in the clouds um, or dissipated, um, it, it would have to have a very hot surface. Okay, and that ties into what I I believe is related to the technology. Not that they need heat to uh, function, but it, it's a byproduct of the technology and a. Uh, and so, um, anyway, the, the that's one of the things they said was just amazing. And uh, not as well known about that uh, Chicago O'Hare case is the fact that another aircraft approaching O'Hare also spotted that either the same UFO or another one, uh, probably the same one, and it actually approached their uh, commercial jet and stayed off the wing for a a minute or two, and they could see it clearly. Let's talk more about the O'Hare case. By the way, that was November 2006, and I I want to tell you what an official FAA explanation was about it. We can go into that. More to come with Robert Schroeder and Gene and Goggs. You're in the podcast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, 
danpilla.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. This is a life-changing message for anyone with sleep apnea who is on the go and tired of dragging around a big, bulky home CPAP device. Now there's finally a portable device that's as small as a soda can and weighs less than a pound. You can even add a battery that's as tiny as a deck of cards. It's the Transcend Mini CPAP. And if you're one of the first 100 callers, you can try Transcend risk-free for 10 days. So call now. 1-800-441-0405. Transcend is the world's first portable mini CPAP device. It gives you the freedom to sleep in total comfort anywhere you are. Our smallest and most advanced portable design ever, Transcend is so small and so light, you can fit it in your briefcase or purse to use anywhere you go. It's FAA compliant too, so you can even sleep comfortably while flying. To guarantee your 10-day in-home trial, you must be one of the first 100 callers to call minicpap.com now. 1-800-441-0405. Again, that's 1-800-441-0405. I'm Rick Osick, president of Famous Footwear. Did you know that premature birth is the number one killer of babies in the United States? Or that survivors can face a lifetime of serious health problems? But you can help. Join me and Famous Footwear for the March for Babies Walk. We'll work together to raise funds for research and programs that help the March of Dimes fight premature birth and birth defects and improve the health of moms and babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org. This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We continue with Robert Schroeder, and we're talking about his book, Solving the UFO Enigma, focusing on classic cases that lead him to various conclusions we'll get to in a moment. O'Hare, November 7th, 2006. At 16.15 Central Standard Time. According to the FAA, it was caused by some kind of weather phenomenon. Why would you dismiss that? The reason I would definitely uh, you know, dismiss that as a possibility is because they actually saw, uh, there were multiple witnesses observing a metallic disc-shaped object hovering near the tower. You know, It was in such a position that it wasn't visible from the t- tower, but, um, uh, but there were too many credible witnesses um, for, of that object for uh, it to be dismissed as a meteorological phenomenon, and uh, and uh, so the holes in the cloud was just part of the sighting, 
and so the the meteorological um, explanation cannot explain the observation of the actual metallic object th- that was there, and so that's why I don't think that that's a uh, explanation that makes sense. Isn't that what the skeptics do quite often? They ignore something that yes. just gets in the way. Factoids that get in the way, like seeing a metallic object, of course. All right, so O'Hare was one case that was compelling, and we covered it on the Paracast back in those days. That happened, of course, during our first year of the show. What other cases in the 21st century do you find interesting? Another one, December 17, 2014, a Canadian pilot uh, flying a corporate jet uh, saw a cylinder-shaped UFO. Uh, This was near Calgary, Canada, and he was coming in for a landing, and the object was below him, and it uh, it was moving above a road. And as he watched it, it became partially transparent, and he could begin to see the road right through this object, and then it totally disappeared. And he was stunned, absolutely stunned. So uh, that's a very important case because it relates to uh, other cases that are very, very similar, including one back in 1974 of a cylinder-shaped UFO Robert, can I quickly interject? Are you aware of a case that happened uh, over the English Channel um, in about 2007? Um, It was a small passenger plane, you know, a a fixed-wing propeller plane, and uh, these mile kind of wide objects were seen by the pilot, the passengers, for a a prolonged period of time. They were also caught on uh, the uh, air traffic control radar, and another aircraft also saw saw the object. Have you ever heard of that? Absolutely, although I can't remember the name of the pilot, but it was... Ray Boyer. Boyer. Captain Ray Boyer. That's right, uh, Ray Boyer. And, um, And... and there, it was a uh, commercial aircraft, uh, but a small one, a twin engine, I think. And yeah. it was heading toward the Orkney. Oh. Did you say Orkney? No, Alderney, uh, one of oh. the Channel Islands. Yeah. The Channel Islands, yes. And uh, I, I, that was one of the ones that fascinated me um, because of the size of those craft, uh, about a mile in diameter. There were two of them, identical. And... Uh, and because the that type of aircraft doesn't have a separation between the pilot's area and the passenger area, um, several of the passengers sitting toward the front uh, were able to also see this thing. And they discussed, I saw a, a TV show on it or some kind of documentary on it. And I thought that was extremely interesting because um, the technology that these craft are using, I believe, would easily allow them to build them of immense size because they're not dealing with aerodynamic principles uh they're uh dealing with technology that's beyond aerodynamics you know and so i wasn't at all surprised by the size um there was another similar case up in alaska and now i i turn it oh it was a an american faa guy who uh was investigated that and Callaher, Callaher, Callahan, Callahan, Callahan. Do you do? You, are you guys familiar with that? Is case? this the Japan Airlines uh, Airlines yes. case? Yeah. Yes. Thank you, Gogs. Yep. And I should be more up, you know, uh, uh, more up to date on all the sightings here. 
and uh, but um, um, uh, the captain, it was Japan Airlines, and they saw this gigantic thing that they described as being about the size of, of an American aircraft carrier, which are about two thousand feet long, and uh, two thousand, maybe a thousand, thousand feet long, and uh, and so this thing was monstrous, and. Anyway, um, uh, that was another uh, case where uh, you had uh, both uh, oh, b- both radar as well as visual, and by very credible witnesses. And uh, and so the same thing with the Channel Islands one uh, in Great Britain. There, uh, that too was both radar and visual with very credible witnesses. And so those. Um, it's very important, I believe, to make the connection between these uh, types of cases to point out the similarities that occur over many, many years, over decades. You see the same characteristics repeated over and over again. So, yeah, that's what which I- reinforces the idea that you know something physical is really happening. It's not all misidentification and whatever. And you notice uh, sometimes, you know, the the arch debunkers. They, you don't hear them kind of bringing up these more difficult to explain cases. And when they do try to explain them, their explanations are usually as ridiculous as what most people think UFOs are in the first place. Uh, Gogs, I agree with you. Uh, I notice what a lot of skeptics do, like Skeptical Inquirer. Uh, what they'll do is isolate a, a, a one case, and they won't connect it to other cases that are similar. And and so then they'll say, well, there was a reflection off a cloud, and a meteorite went overhead, and somebody saw a reflection in a window. But they, uh, by by avoiding uh, the similarities between many different cases that are separated both in space and time, um, they uh, avoid uh, uh, looking at the data in a rational manner and a scientific manner. And so, yeah, that's what I think is happening. And that was one of the criticisms of Dr. J. Allen Hynek. Uh, he felt that the scientific community uh, was not um, uh, categorizing these things, uh, that they, they really weren't assembling the data like they should. In any other field of science, uh, they always look for uh, similarities and trends and and that kind of thing uh, to try to understand a phenomena. But in the UFO field is the one area where they n- do not make that attempt. In that. Yeah, because it, it works against them if they're, you know, intending to kind of debunk. So yeah, they'll, they'll avoid that. Can I ask yeah. you quickly, what, what did you think about the, uh, the, the science explanation that Bob Lazar, whether this is all true or not, but that he had for their propulsion to do with gravity waves? Uh, no, oops, uh, that's another one I'm skeptical of. <laughs> uh, it ter- now, wait, who's that guy? Oh, um, Stanton Friedman. Uh, yeah. you, you guys know Stanton Friedman? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. um, yeah, I've known and, him for several decades, too. Oh, excellent. And uh, Stanton Friedman did a good job, um, oh, okay, I hate to use the word, but debunking uh, uh, Lazar. And uh, and I think that um, uh, he was talking about element 237 or something like that. Um, 115, and, yeah. Oh, is that what it was? I forget. Yeah. And uh, But... Um, 
you know, uh, Stanton Friedman is a nuclear physicist, and he said um, the element uh, is, of course, uh, decays extremely quickly and would would be not terribly useful at, um, as as some kind of UFO thing, a UFO propulsion method. Uh, I th- the other problem that I had with Bob Lazar. Um, and uh, was that um, he claimed to have degrees from like MIT and a couple of other places. And Stanton Friedman checked that out carefully and found no evidence of that whatsoever. And uh, so I th- I'm afraid that... Um, you know, uh, actually, Robert, I, Robert, I'm no supporter of Bob Lazar and the whole Area 51 thing at all. You know, I don't know what to make. But uh, quite funnily, yeah. actually, just uh, last year... One of the lines of reasoning that was used to uh, debunk Bob Lazar was the fact that nobody could prove his background where he had higher education and he claimed to have worked at, um, you know, these uh, secret labs and stuff. Got more to come with Robert and Jean and Goggs. You're in the podcast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. You may own a knife, but if it's not an indie hammered knife, it's not a knife. From the forge to the grinder to the sheath, each indie hammered knife is handcrafted using God-given talent. The result is the sharpest edge a knife can have and a true work of art. See a variety of knives and the complete knife kit at ihknives.com. Indie hammered knives. Custom knives made in America. Now's the time to refresh your home and save at Lumber Liquidator's Spring Flooring Kickoff Sale. Our stores are packed with the latest spring trends like modern waterproof wood look flooring. It's up to 34% off or choose from more than 200 styles of pre-finished hardwood from $149. Get deals on over 55 varieties of bamboo from $159, more from $0.59 cents and special financing. The Spring Flooring Kickoff Sale ends Tuesday. Visit LumberLiquidators.com to find a store near you today. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So the subject on the table is Bob Lazar and his claims 
We've got Gogs Mackay and Robert Schroeder and Gene Steinberg. Gogs? Yeah, so the, of the people who have kind of tried to find out about the truth of uh, Bob Lazar, like Stanton Friedman, they couldn't verify that when he claimed he'd worked at uh, Los Alamos, obviously a place where you'd need to be have good qualifications and go through vetting and stuff to work. It turns out that just last year, after all this time, 25 years, whatever, a credentialed scientist who still does lots of government work and often works at Los Alamos still currently, he actually came out publicly, uh, like on Open Minds, Alejandro Rojas's show, actually saying that he remembers Bob Lazar because he was actually a popular figure there because he was into rocket cars and things like that but he said no he absolutely did work there he wasn't a janitor whatever he was a physicist and we all knew it that's just kind of strange that 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 may have been the case that he did actually work there it doesn't mean to say that you know the ufo stuff and all that is real but it's weird that it seems like the record of him working there seems to have been misplaced shall we say uh, no, actually, I do believe he worked there. That I do believe. And I think Stanton Friedman believes that, too, I think. Um, I think he was a technician there. And I think he was, you know, highly skilled in the work that he did do there. Uh, there's, uh, of that, I I don't have any doubt. And uh, But I think he might have added to... Embellished. I think he was, yeah. Embellished, yeah, that's a better word. <laughs> he, he embellished um, uh, what he was doing doing there and uh, you know i've heard all these story oh didn't didn't he talk about a captured ufo is that was one of the things he said oh absolutely he was back engineering yeah. it that was the story oh, that's it right right you can see i kind of look at this stuff but i pretty much don't pay too, i don't pay too much attention to it well i look at it this way if we had these crashed ufos supposedly we've had them since the 1940s you'd think after 70 years <laughs> would have figured out how to back engineer them and uh, but if you look at our technology it's still uh, our best fighter aircraft are still uh, jet fighters uh, and after all jet fighters were being used in World War II you know so that that's not too much of an advance technologically. You know and what I, I think, though, Robert? I think that if we had evidence of alien technology yeah. hundreds or thousands of years ahead of us, we would have no clue how to back-engineer anything except at the fringes. Yep, I agree. Th that does make sense. But I do not believe we have any captured UFOs. I don't think so. I, I don't think there's any possibility of that. And the reason is is what I was saying before, that I cannot imagine that such an advanced civilization would uh, just allow one of their craft to crash and they just go on their merry way. The others would leave and not worry about it. You know, I think they would have reco recovery crews there in a hurry. You know, and um, oh, not to say that these craft are cannot have mechanical malfunctions. I think they can. There was a case, and I can't remember the exact details. It might have been St. Louis, where uh, they spotted a UFO that appeared to be in trouble, a typical disc-shaped one, and it was kind of wobbling and it was very erratic, and it definitely seemed to be having some problems. 
and another UFO of identical shape and size came over and hovered over the first one until the first one stabilized, and they actually have a picture of it on in some UFO books. Now, that sounds more credible to me. Where they do have mechanical problems, they attempt to, you know, they fix it and go on their way. So I look at it this way, when people say, yeah, how could they be so advanced, but, you know, the thing breaks down or it crashes because it comes in contact with radar waves and whatever. But I sometimes think, you know, us right now, if we look at the kind of pinnacle of science or whatever, we can maybe look at those scientists who are creating the cutting edge satellites, you know, that go into orbit for NASA or, or whoever. And so we think, you know, compared to 500 years ago when, you know, the technology was that level, people from 500 years ago, if they were kind of brought forward in time and they saw that we could, you know, fly around the world in less than a day and whatever, they would think that we must be completely flawless and got everything sussed. Yes. But still, even, yeah. even the pinnacle of our technology with the best of people and materials still fails kind of quite yes. a lot. Yep. So it must and I, be disconceivable that it, theirs could, could as well. I, I do believe it does, but I don't think um, catastrophic, or, although it could be, I don't think where to the point where they would abandon their craft on the crashed craft or something like that. Um, the other thing to bear in mind, too, it's kind of like our intelligence here. If we go on a mission, you know, Navy SEALs or whatever, and one of our planes or helicopters crashes, we will do everything possible to prevent that getting into enemy hands. Not that it doesn't happen. Yes, but it's routine. Right. You don't want the primitive earthlings to have evidence of your technology, even if they didn't understand it. Yep. And the other thing Amen. to consider, though, also, when you think about the possibility of a physical UFO from outer space crashing, well, maybe it was built by the lowest bidder. Mm. <laughs> That's a good point. And Gene, you are exactly right. Um, the, um, uh, we, uh, you know, with our technology, uh, where we are right now, we would not abandon uh, an air, a downed aircraft. We'd do everything we could to recover it. And And one thing you'll notice about a lot of these saucer crash stories is that they never talk about other saucers coming in trying to recover it, you know, and and that's kind of a giveaway that it's um, almost certainly fabricated. Because here's, here's, it, a, here's a crazy theory. What if the crash was staged by the extraterrestrials or whoever be, because they actually kind of want to give us, they wanted to seed us with this technology and see what the crazy humans do with it? Imagine it was actually... On purpose, uh, I don't think so, Gogs. Um, because um, uh, uh, have you guys heard of Robert Hastings? Yeah. Uh, good, good. He wrote a book on UFOs and nukes, and uh, and um, it does appear that UFOs have a particular interest in our UF uh, in our nuclear technology, and and um, to the point where. They have actually shut down uh, um, nuclear missile silos, and uh, um, I actually met Robert Salas, um, who was at one of these um, uh, nuclear uh, bases out in the Midwest somewhere, and uh, and 
I was fascinated to hear. Now, he didn't actually see it, but his men who were above ground, he was down in the control room underground. And uh, their description of the UFO and how it came over shut down the missile. Um, And in another case, Robert Hastings talks about a a UFO actually reprogramming um, the uh, targeting information uh, that the missile had. And and you know doing things like that and i think i think and uh, you guys after i talk to you about the technology as i get more into it i think we may be closer to understanding ufo technology uh than people realize we may be within a decade or or even sooner probably probably a decade or two decades and uh, and and i think um, my guess is there probably is some kind of federation of advanced civilizations, and and um, and I believe they um, want to prevent uh, a developing civilization like ours. Once we have the ability to travel to other star systems, they want to. They don't want us to be bringing nuclear weapons to other federation planets or even non-federation planets. Sounds like okay. the day the Earth stood still. We've got more to come with Robert Schroeder. And Gogs Mackay is our guest co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in The Podcast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Hi there, Dick Allgaier here. I was a mainstream television news reporter for over three decades. I normally never do commercial endorsements. I am very skeptical of health supplements. But a friend of mine told me about his experience with Synergy One, so I purchased a bottle, and my wife and I have been using it for a few weeks now. I very much dislike so-called energy boosters, those little energy drinks that have caffeine and guarana and other things that make your heart race. This is not that. My experience with Synergy One has been great. My mood is better. My joints feel better. I have more vigor, more stamina, way increased productivity. My wife and I both noticed that we even dream more. So I recommend Synergy One. It's really good stuff. I'm having great results with it. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. 
Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So Chris O'Brien's at the International UFO Congress in Fountain Hills this weekend. I'll be joining him somewhere along the line. We also want to tell you something else that involves joining. It involves you joining the Paracast Plus at plus, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. That's plus dot theparacast.com for information about our subscription service, the best way for you to support this show. It's a low subscription rate. You get the After the Paracast podcast. You get the commercial-free version of this show and more, plus dot theparacast.com. Our guest, Robert Schroeder, and the book is Solving the UFO Enigma. And now for pretty much the rest of the show, we're going to look at possible UFO technology. But you mentioned one thing here, Robert, about a federation of intelligent planets. And this gives me the Star Trek image. But I also thought of Day the Earth Stood Still, where we were basically warned about our evil practices by the alien Klaatu. And then you say, if you don't get your act together, we'll take care of it for you, and you're not going to be here. So do you think that if E.T. is part of a federation, if they're concerned about our use of nuclear weapons, our warlike behavior, do you think they wouldn't take matters into their own hands if we try to make too much progress going into outer space? I think um, maybe a, a slightly different angle. Uh, I believe that all developing civilizations 
undoubtedly have a history of conflict on their planets, and it's just the nature of any kind of beings that are in competition with one another for various for various reasons, you know. And a lot of people would disagree with me on this, but I believe as time goes on developing civilizations become more and more civilized and you can see it literally on planet earth here the last major world wars were back in the mid 20th century but with the development of nuclear weapons it uh, becomes way too dangerous to have these major these wars between major nuclear powers way too dangerous and that's undoubtedly part of the reason we haven't had any really bad worldwide wars. So although nuclear weapons are very, very dangerous, they also have a benefit. They do keep these terrible wars from occurring that have occurred throughout uh, human history, uh, probably peaking in the mid-20th century. But I also believe that um, civilizations become more and more civilized, and I'll give you an example of this. Um, it used to be that most of the planet way back in the, oh, I don't know, a thousand years ago, was basically pretty poor. Uh, people had to you know, scrape out a living from farming and stuff like that. But as time has gone on, scientific and technological advances have made life easier and easier for more and more people. Uh, you look at um, India today, their technology is, is uh, advancing by leaps and bounds. They're building roads. They're, you know, they're really, remember, they have their own kind of version of Silicon Valley. Uh, we do an awful lot of, uh, Gene, you may be familiar with this, uh, they do an awful lot of the software for Western uh, computer companies and stuff. And when I worked at Hewlett-Packard, I used to deal with the people in India. So, um, as technology spreads around the planet, now think about communist China. Up until the 70s, they were dirt poor. They were doing terrible. But as as Nixon opened up um, a trade with them, um, and we and it was kind of a detente, I guess you could call it. Uh, they began, uh, as they realized um, communism simply wasn't working. They began adopting Western market systems, and they began looking at, and that helped them get technology moving along and look at them today it's amazing you go to home depot and half the stuff is made in china you know and europe of course has been advanced for quite a while in africa pe people may have heard of the country of botswana uh, botswana decided to not go the way of many other african countries which had wanted to have you know marxist type governments instead they went toward free markets and toward uh, allowing foreign investment sure enough their economy took off and they're doing terrific and some of the south american countries ditto and so i think prosperity is spreading around the planet and as people become more prosperous I think there'll be less conflict um, because people will have what they need. They won't have to invade their neighbor to get it, you know. And uh, and so I think this is replicated across the universe. Uh, other developing civilizations go through exactly the same process. Let me yeah, ask you something here. We are really yeah. viewing intelligent life in the universe in terms of the human experience. Yep. In a Okay, why assume that? Why assume we could even understand alien motivations, alien consciousness, the form in which aliens would take? Why? Also, consider the fact that maybe now 
if they're thousands of years ahead of us or hundreds of thousands of years, we may not even recognize them as real beings. And maybe what we see in terms of UFOs is just an illusion or an impression based on the fact that we can't actually understand who and what they are. Sakaro. New Mexico, uh, the two humanoids that were there, one of them reacted exactly as a human would react, startled. (laughs) And that's a strong suggestion that they are humanoid like we are. Another one was down in New Zealand. can't remember the date. might have been 1958. I think it was 1958. It was in New Zealand. Uh, A farmer's wife was I think it was early morning, it was still dark, and she saw a um, UFO coming from way up straight down, and it had a bright green light, it lit up the paddy, that's the term they use for a field, and she dropped her milk bucket, she was going out to milk the cows, and um, she jumped into some bushes, and this uh, typical disc-shaped UFO came down, and uh, and. It was typical in the sense that it had a cupola on the top, a clear dome on the top. And um, and then she noticed around the rim, uh, there were flames shooting in opposite directions, uh, like uh, located uh, evenly spaced, or, uh, like jets. Uh, but uh, one set of jets was rotating in one direction, the other in the opposite direction, stabilization for certain. And... Uh, and uh, the the light went on in the dome, and she could see two humanoids. Uh, one of them stood up and put his hands on what appeared to be the inst- instrument panel. She couldn't see that because it was below the rim, but she could clearly see he was leaning forward as if looking down on the ground. Then he sat down again, and they were sitting tandem seated, uh, one in front of the other. And so... And then the light went back out, and the thing took off. But, but again, let me you, ask you something, Robert, because we're talking yes. about physical craft again. You don't think yep. something like that was staged for uh, our no. benefit? Maybe that's not no. even what happened? Uh, no, no. I think uh, the reason I believe that her sighting was real is because it occurred at the same time that uh, – what was that place? I'm trying to think of the name. Uh, there was another sighting, Boana, something like that, uh, New Guinea. It was in New Guinea, and it was literally within a week of that sighting uh, where – and uh, uh, Gogs might know about this one. It's a uh, missionary. We'll have more of this in a moment with Robert Schroeder and Jean and Gogs. You're in. The podcast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. 
Have you ever wanted a shortcut to getting the underground secrets to making money online and seriously grow your business? Whether it's a new business, a part-time income, or an existing business, you have this incredible limited offer to get a copy of this Amazon best-selling book on dot-com success for free. Uncover the success factors to make your business ignite. Go to secretsignite.com. That's secretsignite.com. Get your free copy now. Go to secretsignite.com. Hi there, I'm Bob Eubanks. You know, as part of Hollywood for a long time, I've seen my fair share of celebrities get in trouble with the IRS. Well, there's one name I trust, the Tax Defense Group. They're the most trusted name in tax. So if you owe more than $10,000 to the IRS, you really need to call my friends at the Tax Defense Group. Ignoring the IRS is not the solution. They can garnish your paycheck, levy your bank accounts, seize your home or business. But the Tax Defense Group could put a stop to all of that and tailor a program that would reduce your tax debt to pennies on the dollar. you got to love that. So don't just take my word for it. Call them. Find out for yourself. They offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee. And they're open 24 hours a day because they know that tax debt doesn't sleep either. Call now for your free and confidential tax analysis from the most trusted name in tax. Call 800-361-6907. 800-361-6907. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Ben Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We have Robert Schroeder and Gene and Gox Mackay 
coming in here and we're talking about the evidence for UFOs. And I really want to push more into the technology. But once again, when I'm telling you this, why are we assuming, Robert, that when you describe a physical UFO, physical creatures, all that, that what we're seeing is what we're getting? Well, when we get into the technology, you'll get a better idea. Of I want to do that starting in this segment, okay? Okay, yep, good. So, in the Papua New Guinea sighting, I was a missionary that Goggs had mentioned there. And that was an, a very fascinating one because, uh, again, they saw these humanoid creatures. And they reacted very much like we would react. At the mission, at first, they were just astounded. And they were just watching this thing was probably no more than a, a 300 feet away from them, about the length of a football field, and maybe a couple hundred feet in the air. But they could clearly see these humanoid creatures walking around on the top surface of the UFO. And then they spotted two more UFOs that were floating in the background. And they appeared to be working on the top. They, they appeared to be doing something. But at one point, one of these humanoids came over, and it, it appeared to be like a, a railing or a rim at the top. And he put his elbows on the rim, exactly as a human would put it on the railing of a ship or something. And he was looking down at the people below, who were a, a bit of a distance away, but not that far. And so somebody got the idea to wave. <laughs> so they waved at this creature. And to their astonishment, the humanoid waved back with one hand. So at that point, the minister, I'm not sure, or the missionary, I guess you call him missionary, he thought, huh, what if I wave both arms above my head and see what happens, see what happens then? So he did. He waved both arms above his head, and the creature exactly imitated that move, waved both arms, indicating there was a real communication there. He understood. Mon- monkey see, monkey do kind of thing. Exactly. And it was kind of like to indicate, yes, I understand what you're doing. You're trying to make sure this is real. It is. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, okay. But then after a while, the, the humanoid went back to the others and but eventually, all four of the humanoids came to the railing and were waving at the people below. And then finally, they got back inside their craft and the thing took off. The reason I'm mentioning these humanoids is because we are seeing humanoids in the more credible cases over and over again. So I do believe they are really flesh and blood. And when we get into the technology, uh, Gene and Goggs, I think you'll see why we may actually be on the threshold of doing the same thing, going to other planets. Robert, I've got a question to kind of start bringing uh, the technology aspect in. Uh, Just a point to make as well. I'm wondering what you think current science's understanding of what actually gravity is. How is it generated? We might be able to measure it and things like that, but nobody's got an actual idea how it's kind of created and how that all really works. But what I was going to bring up is, do you think it would be the same technology that is used to do the great distances, you know, uh, the the light years to travel. Do you think that is the exact same propulsion technology that is used to fly in our atmosphere? Or do you think there may be two totally different propulsion technologies going on? 
actually, when I get into the technology, you'll see it's actually di- a different, but it's shared. There's certain aspects of it that are def- that I think are definitely shared. Oh, as far as gravity, Einstein in his field equations was able to explain gravity in the sense that it's due to the warping or curvature of space-time itself. But the thing that we don't know about gravity is the quantum aspect of gravity. Uh, that is the existence of the graviton, the particle uh, that would carry the gravity force, although virtually all physicists believe it does exist, but we've never seen it. The other three fundamental forces we've detected and and studied the particles that carry those the other three fundamental forces. But I'm kind of getting into the technology here a little ahead of myself here. I really want to get into the technology now because okay, of the fact that we have only another five and a half segments left and this is going to be a fun thing to focus on because it's not something we've covered much of on the Paracast and that is how we lead to this and when you talk about warping space and everything as a possible way for them to travel through space you bring to mind Star Trek warp drive and the fact that our scientists are trying to replicate some of the scientific achievements envisioned in that TV show. Of course, we have clamshells, smartphones, cell phones, that kind of thing, and tablets. They've talked about trying to have a matter transportation system, a transporter that they're working on, and warp drive. So you're telling us about the sightings that indicate how UFOs are traveling, but how do we transfer that? And understand we're not scientists here. How do we transfer that to technology that people in the 21st century can actually harness and use? Because right now, in our space program, we're just putting people on top of firecrackers, basically. Yes. But that's the same technology we were using back decades ago. How do we get to the next level? What's going on? Okay, that's the key. The key is... um uh, what's going on in modern physics, and and to give you a quick background, and everybody will be able to understand this. What happened is um, many people have probably heard of the unified field theory, okay, yeah. or and now it's now it's known as the theory of everything, and uh, basically oh, I'll just go through this uh, real quick. It's not absolutely essential to understand each minute detail; it's just the overall picture that's important. Uh, you can think of um, the, the actual physical universe as consisting of just three things, space-time itself, whatever that is. Okay, believe it or not, we don't really know exactly what space-time is. It's something, but we don't know what it is. And matter particles and force particles, that's it. Just those three, matter particles, force particles, and space-time. And the interaction of those three things creates everything we see around us. So everybody's familiar with an electron and atoms. An electron is a matter particle. Nucleus of an atom consists of quarks, protons, neutrons, which in turn are made up of particles called quarks. Those are matter particles. And then there's neutrinos. And that's about it. That's about all the matter particles there are. You know, and most people don't realize it, but there's only about four basic matter particles. Ditto for force particles that carry the forces of nature. So the electromagnetic force is carried by photons, and most people are familiar with that. 
um, but the strong nuclear force which holds the nucleus together is is carried by particles called gluons, uh, force particles. And radioactivity is what causes um, atoms to decay. Uh, so like uranium decays naturally. And uh, that decay process is um, caused by something called the weak nuclear force. So you have the strong nuclear force carried by gluons. And notice the word glue, gluons, holding the nucleus together. Phys physicists have a sense of humor. And then the weak nuclear force is responsible for radioactive decay. And and that's carried by what is called the W plus, W minus, and Z neutral uh, force particles. Or, so that's it. So there's only four fundamental uh, forces in nature, and there's three non-gravity forces, the strong nuclear force, the weak nuclear force, and electromagnetism, and the particles that carry them. And then there's gravity, which is actually caused by the curvature or the warping of space-time, but it is believed that a quantum particle, keep in mind that the electron is a quantum particle, uh, the gluon is a quantum particle, the, the W plus W minus that carry the weak nuclear force or quantum particles. Um, they've detected all of those non-gravity quantum particles in particle accelerators, but um, the uh, graviton, which is the hypothetical uh, gravity uh, quantum particle, they have never detected directly. Let's do our break okay. here, sir. More to come. We're spelling out the science of space travel or UFO travel. With Robert Schroeder and Gene and Goggs, you're in the podcast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. 
By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Now's the time to refresh your home and save at Lumber Liquidator's Spring Flooring Kickoff Sale. Our stores are packed with the latest spring trends like modern waterproof wood look flooring. It's up to 34% off or choose from more than 200 styles of pre-finished hardwood from $149. Get deals on over 55 varieties of bamboo from $159. More from $0.59 cents and special financing. The Spring Flooring Kickoff Sale ends Tuesday. Visit LumberLiquidators.com to find a store near you today. Honey, what is that in your CPAP mask? Oh, that's just my mold collection. Oh, gross. And what is that? What, that bacteria colony right there? Yeah, cool, huh? Okay, CPAP users, admit it. You're not always as careful about cleaning your system as you should be. Unfortunately, a dirty mask and hose can make you sick. Respiratory infections, allergy attacks, and more. But now there's an easy way to protect yourself. SoClean.com has released the world's first and only automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. It kills 99.9% of CPAP germs in minutes. For a limited time, you can try it risk-free for 30 days. Just call 1-800-944-1065. SoClean is hands-free. Just pop in your mask, close the lid, and presto, your CPAP comes out clean and fresh in minutes. Don't let germs wreak havoc on your health. Call in the next 10 minutes for your risk-free trial. 1-800-944-1065. That's 1-800-944-1065. Many medicines used to treat colds and flu contain acetaminophen, a pain reliever and fever reducer found in hundreds of over-the-counter and prescription medicines. But taking too much or more than one medication containing acetaminophen per day can damage your liver. So always read the label and don't take acetaminophen if you drink three or more alcoholic drinks every day. To learn more, visit fda.gov slash OTC pain info. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Food and Drug Administration. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from presidentialufo.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So Chris O'Brien is off at the International UFO Conference. I'll probably join him for a few hours over the weekend. We've got Robert Schroeder. We're talking about UFO propulsion systems. and He's laying out the science here. And I know it's hard to sometimes grasp some of the intricacies, and I hope that he'll just give us the best he can in terms of trying to explain it to everybody who's not a scientist and doesn't have a couple of degrees in their hip pocket. Robert, go ahead, please. Oh, okay. So I had to unfortunately go through some of those details because they are important to the larger bigger picture. But the big thing, if you want to know what physicists are doing, one of the biggest things that they're doing is the theory of everything. They're trying to theoretically and or experimentally reunite the four fundamental forces of nature. Uh, That is electromagnetism, the weak nuclear force, the strong nuclear force, and gravity. 
And they've been working on this for literally decades, for heck, close to a century. And, uh, and now the reason they're do, trying to do this is they believe that 14 billion years ago, at the time of the Big Bang, when the universe was created, they believe the four fundamental forces of nature – oh, and let me just – one little aside here. Physicists are – to a certain extent, more interested in the forces of nature than they are in the particle matter particles of nature. And the reason is the forces make things happen, like the electromagnetic force in a lightning bolt. <laughs> and everybody knows that's a big thing, you know. The forces of nature make things happen, so they're very, very important. And anyway, scientists believe that way back 14 billion years ago, the four fundamental forces of nature were united in a single super force. But then at the time of the Big Bang, they began to break into the uh, forces that we see today. And the first two forces that uh, broke out were the, um, would have been, the gravity would have been the first force that uh, broke out. And then what would have happened, uh, then there was another force called the Goot force, the Grand Unified Theory force. Uh, so at the time of the Big Bang, uh, now the, uh, so the first two forces to break out were gravity and the Goot force. And the Goot force is just an acronym, and it stands for the combination of the strong nuclear force and something called the electroweak force. But then the electroweak force broke out into electromagnetism and the weak force. So what they scientists have actually been able to reunite the electromagnetic force and the weak nuclear force into what I just mentioned there, the electroweak force. We've actually seen that electroweak force in particle accelerators. Particle accelerators for the audience here are uh, giant machines where they crash subatomic particles like electrons, protons, and stuff together at close to the speed of light. And they hope to create um, new particle interactions and create new particles that they've never seen before. And they were actually able to create this electroweak force in particle accelerators. They are now working on trying to combine the electroweak force with the strong force, which combine into what is known as the GUT force, G-U-T, the Grand Unified Theory force. And, uh, and they're kind of uh, they believe they're going to make progress on that. But there's one force that they have not been able to include in these unification theories, and that's gravity. And gravity is the one force that they haven't been able to include. And the question is, why not? And the reason is, and this is the part that surprises people, it's because gravity is much, much weaker than the other forces of nature. And just to give you a, a, a comparison, uh, the non-gravity forces, the weak force, the uh, strong force, and electromagnetism are all relatively similar in strength. And so the electromagnetic force, as a comparison to gravity, is 10 to the 36 power stronger than gravity. Okay. Now tell our that. listeners what that means because we're getting into yep. math here and we're getting into things that may be a foreign language. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. And I was just about to do that. 10 to the 36 power means the number one followed by 36 zeros. Okay. So, 
10 squared is 1 followed by 2 zeros, 100. And, a, and 10 cubed is 1,000. And a 1 followed by 3 zeros. And so you, can you imagine, everybody in the audience out there, can you imagine 1 followed by not Two, two zeros, three zeros, or five zeros, or ten zeros, but 36 zeros. <laughs> the difference in strength between um, the uh, electromagnetism and gravity is staggering, you know. And this is a huge problem in physics. It actually has a name of its own because it's something that nobody's been able to figure out. And it's actually called the hierarchy problem. And if you, if anybody looks that up on the internet, they'll see, you know, they'll see all this kind of gobbledygook that I'm talking about here. And uh, and so trying to figure out the uh, the reason for um, the the hierarchy problem, the weakness of gravity, um, is kind of like one of the major problems in physics that needs to be solved. Uh, anyway, to make a long story short, um, from uh, starting in about the 1970s and 1980s, uh, the physicists have been working on all kinds of theories, uh, some of them working on the other forces, but many of them trying to figure out the weakness of gravity and trying to unify it with the other forces of nature. And um, and and again, to me, I'm not going to go into all these different theories, it would just confuse people, but um, uh, the Primary theories that seem to have evolved during that period are theories called string theory and membrane theory, M-theory. And, uh, and M-theory is sometimes also called the mother of all theories, you know. And, uh, and string theory, uh, uh, well, I won't go into details on that, but um, uh, the critical thing is that these theories are, and this is the key issue, this is critical, this is where I, I think the UFO enigma phenomena is going to get resolved. Um, these new theories, M-theory, string theory, are uh, require the existence of membranes and, most importantly, extra dimensions. Okay? We thought you know, for uh, general relativity and all physics theories uh, throughout most of the 20th century were based on the idea that we lived in four dimensions, three of space, one of time. Pretty basic. Um, and But now, uh, the latest theories are suggesting we may live in an 11-dimensional universe. And so, uh, and that's where I think we're going to solve the UFO phenomenon, uh, these extra dimensions. And and so, can I continue, or do I have any more time? You have maybe two minutes for this segment, so let's go on, then we'll continue. Okay, so... Um, so, to solve the hierarchy problem, uh, along comes a Harvard physicist and another physicist from John Hopkins University, and they came up with an idea that maybe the reason gravity is so weak in our membrane, um, or our universe, is because um, uh, the vast majority of gravitons that carry the gravity force are not in our universe. They may be in these extra dimensions, and that is key. And they came up with a theory called warped geometry. Notice, here's where we're getting into that term, warped again. Now and it's I'm, ready to engage. 
Yes, en- engage. Uh, Captain, uh, you know, Kirk or whatever. It's Captain Picard. Uh, he Picard. said, make it engage. so. We have one minute left with this segment, Robert. Make it okay. so. Make it so. <laughs> I love it. And uh, so, um, so anyway, they came up with a theory um, that um, uh, it looks like uh, there may be two membranes, space-time membranes, and 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 in but they're exactly parallel to each other and in between is a, a space which they refer to as the bulk b u l k and we live on one of these membranes and that's the universe we see when you go out at night look at those stars that's all part of the membrane we live on it's a four dimensional membrane but there's another one exactly parallel and that's called the planck membrane named after max planck the german physicist who was considered the father of quantum theory quantum mechanics and uh, and i i don't think i have much time left here but anyway this is exactly when we'll break okay as we finish the class with robert schroeder in our next segment with gene and gogs mckay you're in the podcast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive PowerCast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands, and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement, and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. You may own a knife, but if it's not an indie hammered knife... It's not a knife. From the forge to the grinder to the sheath, each indie hammered knife is handcrafted using God-given talent. The result is the sharpest edge a knife can have and a true work of art. See a variety of knives and the complete knife kit at ihknives.com. Indie hammered knives. Custom knives made in America. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have Robert Schroeder, and we're talking now about 
the science that may lead us to warp drive, understanding how UFOs fly. The book is Solving the UFO Enigma. Class is in session. Um, uh, engage. <laughs> so anyway, um, uh, these scientists believe that um, we live in a, in a larger 11-dimensional universe uh, and that um, uh, where we live on a space-time membrane and um, there's another space-time membrane exactly parallel to ours. And our membrane is actually called the weak membrane, referring to the fact that the forces on our uh, membrane are not all that strong. But uh, on the other uh, end of the universe is this Planck membrane, and in between is an area called the bulk, B-U-L-K. And so it's believed that... Um, all the other particles, all the particles in nature, all the matter particles and all the force particles cannot leave the membrane we live on, the weak membrane that we live on, and that they're basically stuck on our membrane, except for one particle, the hypothetical graviton that carries the gravity force. And the reason for this, if you remember further back, I talked about string theory. Well, they think that all these subatomic particles, which they used to think were infinitesimally small point dots, it was string theory that changed all that and came up with the idea that all these subatomic particles like electrons and quarks and photons are actually tiny little uh, wiggling strings. So they believe that um, all the force and matter particles are stuck on our uh, space-time membrane, our universe, except for one, which is the graviton. And the reason is all the other particles are open strings with two open ends, and the two open ends are actually attached to our space-time membrane, the weak membrane. It, the only one that is not is the graviton, which is a closed loop which allows it to travel off, this is all part of this theory, which allows it to travel off of our membrane into the bulk and move around out there. And their theory, called warp geometry, suggests that the other uh, membrane that's parallel to ours, referred to as the uh, Planck membrane, um, is warped in such a way that it attracts the vast majority of gravitons and the larger 11-dimensional universe toward its surface. And what that means is that 99.99999% of all the gravitons in the larger universe are not on our a space-time membrane, and that would explain the hierarchy problem, why gravity is so weak in our universe. There's just not enough membranes to carry the gravity force. So part of their theory, and here's where we get to the UFO connection, um, suggests that um, uh, the strength of gravity increases exponentially until it's 10 to the, as, as you go into the bulk, that space between the membranes, and as you get closer to the Planck membrane that's parallel to ours, the strength of gravity inside the bulk, because that's where all the gravitons, 99.9999% are, uh, increases to 10 to the 16 power stronger than the gravity in our space-time membrane. Robert, is, could, yes. could we use the metaphor with, with gravity in a bit like with an iceberg, you know, one-seventh is above the, the water surface yes. and yep. gravity. So you're kind of saying that it's, it's completely unbalanced. Most of the gravity 
force, if you like, is in this kind of mirror yes, membrane two hours. But yes, exactly. we only see a bit of it. Okay. It's in that space in between the brains, uh, membranes, they call them. And uh, and here's the exciting part. And this, uh, the strength of gravity, because the uh, gravitons that carry the gravity force are attracted to the plank membrane. So the actual number of gravitons increases exponentially as you get closer to the plank membrane. So there's just more and more and more gravitons crammed up together the closer you get to the plank membrane. And in fact, they believe that gravity, as you get to the surface of the plank membrane, increases to 10 to the 16 power, the number 1, followed by 16 zeros, stronger than the gravity we experience on planet Earth. This Here it is. Here, here, well, here's the uh, payoff. This, the second I saw this theory, I said, "Hey, wait a minute! General relativity, Einstein's theory of gravity, says when gravity is strong, distance shrinks." Okay, is well understood and and well accepted in physics. The thought occurred to me: What if you were able to get a spaceship and get into the bulk into that bulk area, if you went in far enough, the distance to other stars shrinks to a much smaller distance. And to give you an example, if you went into the point where gravity is only one ten thousandth in the bulk, one ten thousandth of its maximum strength of 10 to the 16 stronger than the gravity on planet Earth, the distance to Alpha Centauri, which is 25 trillion miles from planet Earth, okay, or 4.3 light years, it would take tens of thousands of years to get there by rocket ship, you know, um, that the distance, instead of being 20, 25 trillion miles, if you went into where gravity is only one ten thousandth of its maximum strength in that bulk between the membranes, the distance shrinks from 20, 25 trillion miles down to 25 miles. Wow. Yes, exactly. And when I did the calculation, I said, holy cow. So if you could somehow get a spaceship in there, you could you could drive, or a car <laughs> properly equipped, you could drive to Alpha Centauri in half an hour, depending but that, but upon… But that's the thing, you know, how, how, do, how can we escape our… Our kind of universe, if you like, or get into another dimension from our that'll world. come, uh, um, Gogs. That'll come next. I just wanted to first uh, lay out the theory of how I think they're doing it, and and I think that's exactly what they're doing. And so you could literally drive to Alpha Centauri in half an hour, depending on the speed limit and and the bulk and and the uh, intergalactic police. <laughs> well, 25 miles an hour, we don't have a big problem. Just take a, a trip across. Well, okay, that explains how they do it in Star Trek, I guess. Uh, no, Star Trek is different. In Star Trek, they were talking about warping space. But uh, the problem with doing that is um, even... Um, Miguel Alcabari, the Mexican physicist who had his theory, the Alcabari warp drive. The he energy requirements, yeah. Uh, he, exactly, the energy requirements, exactly, Goggs. They're just too great. But we don't need to have 
the energy anymore. It looks like Mother Nature is providing a pathway to the stars without us having to warp space itself. Mother Nature does it for us. And it solves the hierarchy problem, one of the biggest problems in modern physics. And that's what makes it so exciting. It's part of physics, uh, our contemporary physics. And it's something that is very important to our physics community. And it looks like it could also explain the UFO phenomenon, how they get here. And I can... Um, and I can uh, I don't know how much time we have left in this segment. Um, about a minute. About a minute. But uh, the, I believe the way they get in there is um, if these extra dimensions exist, our particle accelerators will detect them. And if they do exist, there'll be a, a new type of particle called Kaluza-Klein particles, KK particles. And among those particles will be something called the KK graviton. And I believe what these UFOs are doing is they are actually, and, and here's the giveaway, they're particle accelerators. That's why they're circular. And they're creating these KK gravitons. And these KK gravitons are like E.T. in the movie E.T. Um, uh, their home is in the bulk. That's where they want to go. If you can surround your craft with KK gravitons, uh, they say, I want to go home. And they'll pull your craft into the bulk. We'll have more of the bulk in traveling to the stars with Robert Schroeder, Gene Steinberg, Gogs Mackay, you're in the podcast. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Attention investors, 2017 is the year of Trump and financial markets are rising at all-time highs. But economic uncertainty may be greater than after any election in our lifetime. And as retirement approaches, there's little time to recover your losses. You need to hedge against uncertainty. That means transferring part of your retirement to physical gold and silver stored where you can actually hold it in your hand and get it fast in any disaster. It's a perfect time to buy. Prices are low and expected to climb. Make Augusta Precious Metals, your personal gold and silver provider. Augusta cares for your financial position and helps you make good decisions. And they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. Get Augusta's free gold and silver IRA guide. What you learn could help you weather any economic storm. There's no obligation. Just call toll-free. Call 855-222-5857. That's 855-222-5857. Again, 855-222-5857. Trust Augusta. Protect your retirement today. 
We use cell phones against our heads every day. But now, a landmark U.S. government study confirms increased health risks from exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The time to protect yourself is now. The solution is Defender Shield. Proudly made in the USA, Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation emitted from cell phones, tablets, and laptops. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. Use discount code DEFENDER for 10% off. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in EMF radiation protection. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision and independence to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. It's the leading cause of blindness in adults 55 and older. Some of us are at greater risk for AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD. If left untreated, it can lead to blindness. The good news? With early detection, AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that can reduce or even reverse some vision loss. Learning that you have AMD can be scary, but there's hope and help. The Foundation Fighting Blindness is researching and developing treatments and cures for AMD. To get your free AMD information packet, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. Join the fight against AMD, because together there is a cure in sight. Now there's a proven powerful anti-inflammatory that absorbs 40 times better. Yes, Nanocurcumin Plus from One Planet Nutrition contains smaller particle size that allows absorption over 40 times better into your bloodstream. Nanocurcumin Plus may also help reduce pain and inflammation, detoxify, and help against heart disease and diabetes. Nanocurcumin Plus is now on sale at OnePlanetNutrition.com. Use promo code GCN for your special discount at OnePlanetNutrition.com, the next generation of nutritional supplementation. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So Chris O'Brien's at the International UFO Congress. He's missing a fascinating discussion here where Robert Schroeder, in the book Solving the UFO Enigma, How Modern Physics is Revealing the Technology of UFOs, believes that he has found ways to travel through space that may be harnessed by the forces behind UFOs. Now, you're talking about things theoretically here, Robert. Yes. Practically, no. can we do it with our technology? Well, first of all, I want to point out that uh, these are actually not my theories. They are, they are being developed by cutting-edge th- theories that are being developed in the physics community. I'm just using their theories uh, to explain the UFO phenomenon. They're using these theories to explain the hierarchy problem, but I realized it could also apply to the UFOs because – um, as everybody does understand, the warping of space uh, is almost essential, you know, whether we do it ourselves or, or Mother Nature does it in order to get between the stars. And now it looks like that may very well be the case, that space, Mother Nature does provide a path for us to get to other stars. Um, what was your question again, Gene? I'm afraid I lost track of it there. Well, I think, how does our science, or can our science harness this technology if we know how it theoretically can be done what does it take for us to do it excellent excellent question 
perfect. First, we have to discover whether these extra dimensions really exist. And they are at the Large Hadron Collider Particle Accelerator in Geneva, Switzerland. They are looking for evidence of the extra dimensions. And they just increased the power of the Large Hadron Collider from 7 trillion electron volts up to 14. 15 trillion electron volts. They doubled it. And they're going to be starting a whole new series of experiments. Uh, I'm not sure if they've started them yet, but it will take some time, a couple of years, to kind of do these experiments. And then they have to uh, examine the data and analyze it to find uh, these new particles. There's going to be reams and reams of data. And anyway, um, what they're looking for is when they do these collisions, uh, the law of conservation of energy says if you put a certain amount of energy into a, uh, a reaction, you have to get the same amount coming out of it. And, uh, um, and so uh, when they collide these particles together, they know how much energy is going in. And then they look at all the particles that are that come flying out of these um, collisions. and So, so if there's a deficit in energy, they think it must have gone to the other dimension. Zach. Exactly, Gogs. Exactly. Right on the money. That's exactly it. And that's what they're looking for. And so I, I urge everyone who's interested in the UFO phenomenon or just physics uh, to keep an eye on what's going on at the Large Hadron Collider to see if they do find this missing energy. Because if they do, it'll be the first evidence of the extra dimensions. And we may be on the threshold of actually developing the ability. We may want to, of course, at that point, you know, scientists themselves generally don't believe in the UFO phenomenon. But um, it looks like modern physics might actually explain uh, how the UFOs are getting here. <laughs> you said we would have to surround a craft or something uh, of which particles and they would pull us into the, the bulk. Which he uh, uh, Kaluza Klein gravitons. Uh, Theodore yeah. Kaluza was a German physicist who lived uh, right about the time of Einstein, and he took Einstein's theory of four dimensions and brought it up to five dimensions just to see what would happen, and and um, and he he realized um, that. Um, he could. What happened is he suddenly realized he could combine gravity with electromagnetism if if the the, the theory of general relativity went from four dimensions to five, and that caused a great deal of excitement. Unfortunately, when they discovered the other two sub uh, the other two uh, forces of nature, the weak nuclear force and the strong nuclear force, they weren't able to continue with that idea. It didn't work at that point. But another guy uh, by the name of Oscar Klein. A Swedish physicist uh, also worked on the idea of extra dimensions and how big they might be and that kind of thing, and uh, and so they call and they and they predicted both these they predicted from these theories that if these extra dimensions exist, it would mean that particles that we see, which all oscillate uh, in the four uh, four dimensions of space-time that we live in, it occurred to them that they would also oscillate in the extra dimensions. And um, if they did, uh, that would create new types of particles that we have not yet seen. That oscillation is a type of energy, and uh, mass is equal to energy, E is equal to mc squared. So, um, 
that would indicate that there's a new type of particles that we might see if we see if these extra dimensions are real. And they are called KK particles, Kaluza-Klein particles, but their natural home is the bulk. And like ET, they want to go home. <laughs> so if you can surround your craft with these KK particles, uh, the craft will automatically move into the bulk. And I think that's exactly what the UFOs are doing. And uh, we may want to move, I don't know how much time we have, we may want to move on to another key aspect of UFO technology is their ability to overcome inertia, uh, which is inertia is the resistance to acceleration and their ability to hover in our atmosphere above planet Earth. Uh, I, so I don't know how much time we have left. Go there anyway, because I think that's very interesting. So I, I'm imagining that you know somehow, obviously, th these craft they've, they've come out of our uh, our inertia's sphere of influence. So you know they're they're not subject to to inertia in our kind of a dimension, if you like, but must be in, you know in their own kind of inertial bubble. I take it is that. Uh, something like that, Gogs. I'll explain how I think they're doing it. Um, at, at the heart of general relativity is a postulate called the equivalence principle. Um, the equivalence between inertial mass and gravitational mass. And, uh, and, and anyway, uh, that's uh, literally essential to make um, uh, general relativity uh, work. And, uh, and nobody's been able to disprove it. And uh, so... Um, but um, uh, now inertia is the resistance to, to acceleration. So if you have a very massive, heavy object and you try to, oh, take a bowling ball, and let's say you, you run up to it and you kick it, what's going to happen to your foot? <laughs> a couple of toes will be broken. <laughs> Uh, because of the, or a cannonball, uh, it just isn't going to move that easily. On the other hand, um, if you just had a uh, tennis ball or a ping pong ball and you hit it with your foot, it would go flying, you know. And and that's because uh, the l much lower mass of the of the uh, ping pong ball uh, has much because it has lower mass. Um, uh, its inertial mass um, uh, is. Uh, it's uh, so it's gravitational. Uh, its weight, its gravitational weight, is very light, um, and that means that its inertial mass is also very low. They are equivalent, and uh, and so what I think the UFOs are doing is this. You know what? Let's leave that as the cliffhanger. Okay. Robert Schroeder with Gene with Gox. You're in the podcast membrane. listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. You may own a knife, but if it's not an indie hammered knife, it's not a knife. From the forge to the grinder to the sheath, each indie hammered knife is handcrafted using God-given talent. The result is the sharpest edge a knife can have and a true work of art. See a variety of knives and the complete knife kit at ihknives.com. Indie Hammered Knives. Custom knives made in America. Did you know there's a new group of water contaminants with unknown health effects? These emerging contaminants lurking in your water may include prescription over-the-counter drugs and new types of herbicides and pesticides. 
ProPure's improved Pro 1G2.0 filter meets NSF 401 standards to help reduce these emerging contaminants. To find out more, visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. If you're 85 or younger, would you like peace of mind and comfort for your family? We're Final Expense Direct with an urgent message for you. The average funeral today costs over $8,000, but the most you'll get from government benefits is $255. How will your family pay the difference? We can help. Our senior plans start as low as just a dollar a day and pay up to $30,000 for a funeral and other final expenses. Peace of mind is easy. There's no medical exam. You'll have lifetime coverage, and your plan can't be canceled as long as you pay your premiums. Call now for free information about our senior plans. Answer a few simple questions and receive approval right on the phone. Plus, call right now and we'll give you a discount prescription card for free. Call 800-340-5528. That's 800-340-5528. Again, 800-340-5528. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Gogs Mackay, Gene Steinberg with Robert Schroeder. I just want to get down to the the core of this, Robert, because we have two segments left. It's really been a fascinating discussion. And that is, how close do you think we are 
to actually taking these theories and putting them into practice? A good question. The key thing is discovering these extra dimensions and discovering if string theory and M-theory are correct. And the fact that these theories do solve the hierarchy problem, or actually I should say warp geometry is a subset of M-theory, the fact that it does solve the hierarchy problem uh, does give it uh, a lot of interest because... um, because that's such a big problem in physics, if we do discover these extra dimensions, then they're going to do everything they can to see if this warp geometry theory is correct. Uh, the extra dimensions by themselves won't make it conclusive that warp geometry is correct, but uh, certain other things will indicate that warp geometry is cor- correct, like the KK particles and things like that. But and, do you uh, think this is something we'll see in our lifetimes? Because you and I are older guys. Uh, that's true. I'd say within the next couple of years. Okay. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, so okay. therefore, and- Elon Musk, instead of using the firecrackers to send us to Mars, if he can develop a craft like this, he could say, you know what, forget Mars. Let's yes. go to Zeta Reticuli or something. Exactly. And, and Gene, if I could go back to the hovering ability and the ability of UFOs to accelerate at blinding speeds. Sure. Okay. Uh, because that's very critical, too. I, I was just kind of getting into that on the last segment. What I think they're doing is this. They surround the craft with uh, KK particles, but then uh, they do it in such a way that they're not pulled into the bulk. Um, uh, they may be right on the edge of being pulled in. But these KK particles also uh, induce the creation of micro black holes, okay? And micro black holes uh, happen to decay very quickly. Um, But before they decay, uh, they absorb light. Uh, Now, everybody knows a black hole is called a black hole simply because as light gets near a black hole, uh, it it can't escape. So... Um, you can't see the black hole actually. You know? So what happens is, um, and actually, what ha- what actually does happen is the the light is not swallowed by the black hole exactly. The light actually goes into orbit around the black hole. Uh, that's that's what actually happens. Uh, the physicists um, are aware of all this, and uh, but um, and now light goes at the speed of light. And, uh, and so it's amazing that these black holes can actually um, grab these things and put them in orbit, or these photons, and put them in orbit around a black hole. Then it occurred to me, hey, wait a minute. The only other particle that we know of that travels at the speed of light is, guess what? The graviton. It's a massless particle. It's predicted to be massless. And uh, and so the thought occurred to me, hey, wait a minute. If, if a a black hole can, uh, you know, basically more or less absorb a photon. Couldn't it also absorb a graviton? And uh, and so here's where it gets exciting. Um, uh, it, it's, so even though they haven't proved the existence of gravitons yet, um, um, they are very difficult to detect. Um, these gravitons... Uh, 
are, are believed to be the cause of the, of the warping of space-time. So, in other words, the planet Earth is constantly creating these gravitons, and they travel up to 10 miles up, 5 miles up, 3 miles up, and more of them travel to 3 miles than up to 10 miles, and so they warp um, space-time more closer to, closer to Earth than further away. So, if a UFO, which um, some uh, UFO researchers have estimated these typical disc-shaped ones weigh in the range of 30 to 40 tons, if a UFO is up there in the atmosphere, if it surrounds itself with these a shroud of micro-black holes, then these micro-black holes uh, would absorb the gravitons coming up from planet Earth. So instead of having a graviton exchange between the UFO and the planet Earth, because the UFO creates gravitons too and sends them down to planet Earth, so instead of having this exchange, that exchange disappears. And the, as far as the Earth is concerned, it looks up and and it doesn't see a 40-ton object. It might see a 5-pound object. That's all it sees because most of the gravitons uh, have been absorbed by the UFO. So the, uh, that local area, it just sees a much lighter weight object. And, uh, and that, uh, because uh, the lighter weight, the lower the equipment, it's effectively, not actually, but effectively um, uh, a lower mass object. And when it becomes a lower mass object, it also has less inertial mass and because it has a less because it has less inertial mass it can accelerate with an action reaction engine just like they saw in Sakaro um, they can it can accelerate at blinding speeds when it wants to and and that's what I think they're doing it's as simple as that and so now one more thing I got to say one more thing that's very important I'm not sure how much time we have but um, the key to the future now is I believe if we can get spectrographic and uh, if we can get find out what the particle emissions are from these UFOs, particle and electromagnetic emissions from UFOs, we can deduce deduce if it's uh, if we see what they call Hawking radiation, which is the uh, spectrum of decay. What the um, when a black hole micro black hole decays, it produces something called Hawking radiation. If we see Hawking radiation coming from these UFOs, it would indicate that they are using these micro-black holes, and it would be convincing evidence they are using this technology. So that's the key to the future. We need the money to get the instrumentation to try to detect what kind of radiation is coming from UFOs. It has to be very sophisticated. None of the kind of stuff we have now, Geiger counters cannot do it. We need a, an array Robert, of equipment. Robert, I was going to say, yeah, I'm really interested in all this, and I haven't had time to read your book yet, but I'm definitely going to have a look at it because some of this kind of needs quite a bit of digesting to, to wrap your head around it. So okay. I was going to, before we finish, I wanted to bring in just a couple of questions that have been posted in our question bank. Uh, we've got some here from Eric the Red, who's been posting for a few years. And his first question was, are you aware of any aerospace defense or NASA scientists or engineers whose views on UFOs inform their work, either on research and design of aerospace vehicles or otherwise? So I think he's maybe saying these guys that maybe do believe in UFOs or think that, you know, it may affect the way they look at their work. 
Uh, not that I know of. There is a guy by the name of, um, his last name is White, um, W-H-I-T-E. I can't remember his first name, maybe Gene or you know Gugs. Um, he works down uh, at one of these laboratories, I think maybe in the Houston area. And uh, they've been, I'm not sure what they're working on, but I don't, um, and, I, and I don't know if they're... Um, inspired by the ufo stories or not i i honestly don't know i my guess i sort of doubt it um because that can be uh what you might call career shortening <laughs> uh mm-hmm. to um so uh anyway that's what i think we're going to break now folks and we'll continue with one or two more listener questions in our next segment we're talking to robert schroeder The book is called Solving the UFO Enigma, How Modern Physics is Revealing the Technology of UFOs. And what he's posing here is the possibility that if these theories work, we could find ways to travel to the stars. Not that will take five years, ten years or more, but, you know, just like going across town. With Gene and Goggs, you're in The Podcast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive PowerCast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the PowerCast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.thepowercast.com, store.thepowercast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the PowerCast. You go to store.thepowercast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. You may own a knife, but if it's not an indie hammered knife, it's not a knife. From the forge to the grinder to the sheath, each indie hammered knife is handcrafted using God-given talent. The result is the sharpest edge a knife can have and a true work of art. See a variety of knives and the complete knife kit at ihknives.com. Indie Hammered Knives. Custom knives made in America. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. 
At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. All right, guys, we're ready for our four-season sunroom, and Daddy's going to get a rec room with refreshments. Oh, no, we'll be sleeping under the stars. Mom, what about the one with, you know, the fun? Nice try, little bro. It's a gym, my gym. Hey, Grandma's getting her four-seasons garden room, weather tight and still like being outdoors. Maybe a living room. Oh, no, wait, a family hub. Yeah! No matter what the budget, the season, or the climate, Four Seasons Sunrooms let you and your family enjoy the outdoors inside. Call now to hear more about these great offers from the premier manufacturer of sunrooms since 1975. More reasons for Four Seasons now. To find out more, call toll-free 800-848-6333. That's 800-848-6333. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. Of course, Robert, there's always a Stargate. I saw that, uh, but again, that involved wormholes. And wormholes, physicists believe they're extremely unstable. They only last for nanoseconds. And Carl Schwarzschild um, was the guy, incredibly, way back in 1916, Einstein published the field equations at, in, I think, November, December of 1915. And a couple months later, probably February, March or something like that, a German soldier, believe it or not, on the Eastern Front, this is of course in the middle of World War One, by the name of Lieutenant Karl Schwarzschild, who actually was a, an astronomer in private life before he was in the military. He was the first guy to come up with an exact solution to the field equations. So you can imagine, Einstein was back in Berlin at this time. You can imagine his shock when he got Schwarzschild solution. And the Schwarzschild solution is black holes. But uh, it actually took a, a several decades later before they fully understood the implications of the Schwarzschild solution. It, they realized that it was it actually represented two black holes connected by a wormhole. But they've done a great deal of theoretical research on these things, and they believe that they are very, very unstable. I think Stargate is based on that idea of using wormholes. At least at the moment, it doesn't look like they could uh, use it. And furthermore, you'd have to create a black hole that would connect with your black hole 
on the um, other side of the universe, wherever you're going. So instead, I think the idea that the bulk, uh, that those extra dimensions are severely warped is much easier. Mother Nature does it for us. We don't even need to expend the energy. And getting in there might be just as simple as surrounding your craft with these subatomic particles that we expect to produce at the Large Hadron Collider within the next couple of years. Today, we assume something's impossible, but science has always been about taking the impossible and making it possible. We'll just go past that now. Yep, that's right. Gogs, do you have any more questions from that listener? uh, Yeah, so kind of on the same topic. Robert, have you heard any reliable information about the existence of UFO-related special access programs? Uh, You mean maybe the military or something like that? Yeah, I'll ask another question because it similarly says, have you personally heard any trustworthy claims about supposedly existing alien reproduction vehicles? So copies. No, no, I don't think there's anything credible about that. And part of the reason I believe that is because we ourselves, well, in my opinion, this is my opinion, if we, if if UFOs really are using this bulk, uh, this warp, Uh, geometry and the bulk, Uh, if they are doing that, then we're not really quite there. We're on the threshold, but we're not quite there. Um, It's going to take quite a bit of further uh, development of this to like downsizing the size of particle accelerators, which, by the way, is something they are trying to do. Uh, They're talking about, uh, you've heard of Michio Kaku, the physicist? Yep. Uh, He's talking about building tabletop accelerators that will have immense power. So we're not there yet, and I find it Sorry, Robert, Robert, Yes. do you have any idea of the, the numbers or kind of in, intensity of uh, KK particles that would need to be produced to have the effect that you're postulating? Um, I know, uh, no, I don't know the precise amount that are needed. This is something, this is exactly the kind of research that we'll be needing to do uh, when we take these next steps. Okay. Um, uh, in answer to Gog's question uh, about how many KK particles would be needed to uh, shroud the UFO to push pull it into the bulk, um, I, I would I'd make this analogy. I don't know for sure, um, but think of. Uh, aircraft when we were first building aircraft this is a perfect analogy uh we knew the weight of the aircraft we had to figure out how big the wing would have to be to carry the load and we didn't know at first and we had to figure out the theoretically what was needed and experimentally too and that's exactly the same thing here we're going to have to figure out how much is needed to do it and and i think when we do develop this technology um it will be we'll be starting small scale we'll be doing models try to send them into into the bulk and then hopefully um uh you know have it radio control not radio control but have it pre-programmed so once it's in the bulk and we can no longer communicate with it that it um uh, it it reduces the number of kk gravitons so it comes back out of the bulk (laughs) and it comes back to us otherwise we'll lose it you know Oh, and by the way, when alien civilizations start to see us going into the bulk, 
that's when I believe the Federation will uh, an- announce that their arrival because they'll know we are probably within years or perhaps a decade or two. Okay, so what you're telling me here is the plot of the movie Star Trek First Contact. And this kind of takes you back to the original Star Trek lexicon about how warp drive was invented by humans and thus some fascinating things occurred. If you saw the movie, you'll remember this. So yes. when Zephram Cochran invents warp drive, it doesn't have to be warp drive, but let's just use that as the example from Star Trek. Yep. The Vulcans okay. see that and therefore come to Earth to make first contact. Yes, and I don't believe um, they're hostile. I don't believe that at all. I believe they're, I believe, remember as I was saying before, that as civilizations, uh, as they develop, they become more civilized. You can see it on planet Earth. We haven't had any, in 75, 80 years, we haven't had any further major, remember we had World War One, World War Two, within 20 years of each other. We had the, um, we had the, a Napoleonic War. We had all sorts of horrifying wars. Yeah, and, uh, but all the stuff that's going on in the Middle East now is not exactly uh, peaceful. I, I totally agree, but um, and I admit it's terrible. Uh, there's half a million dead in Syria today, but think of World War One and World War Two. and World War One, it was, what, 25 million died? World War Two it was like 36 million. So you're not seeing those horrifying figures anymore. We're killing I, people, but not as many is what you're telling us. Exactly. I'm not saying that we've eliminated war. We haven't. But eventually the Middle East will settle down as it develops and uh, the conflicts will die out. Because remember, in a sense, they're following in Europe's footsteps. Remember Europe, um, which is also an amalgam of nations, uh, they were all fighting each other for centuries and centuries. But you'll notice that Europe today is totally settled down. I mean, except for some terrorist stuff. But those countries are not fighting each other. They're not trying to grab their neighbor's land, well, with a few exceptions. I've got a quick one, Robert, with your theory. When you were saying that, you know, if you surround a craft with these KK particles at whatever kind of, you know, intensity, if you kind of went into the the bulk and then further increased the intensity, would that then put you through the bulk into the other kind of dimension, the mirror dimension? Uh, You'd stay in the bulk. All you do, Gogs, is go deeper into the bulk, which is good, because the deeper you go in, the shorter the distance to other stars. Robert Schroeder, if our listeners want to know more about what you do, do you have a site or a place they can check you out? I don't have a website, but if anybody would like to buy my book, Solving the UFO Enigma, How Modern Physics is Revealing the Technology of UFOs, uh, they can go to Amazon, and it's available both as um, paperback or Kindle. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. Look for the Paracast on Twitter. Look for a pair of official Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. We also have that second radio show. It's called After the Paracast, and it's available only if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus. Go to plus.theparacast.com, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. You get After the Paracast. You get some show transcripts, special selected episodes, video and audio from Paul Kimball's Other Side of Truth. And you get, of course, the commercial-free version of the Paracast. Go to plus.com theparacast.com. So that's the class this week. I can't say class is dismissed, but we've covered some fascinating ground 
about technologies we may be perfecting now that may be similar to what UFOs do and what could take us to the stars. Robert Schroeder, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you, uh, Gene and Goggs, for having me on your show. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.